So, so, so there is a owner of a mount who wants to get rid of his uh, rid of his mount, and there's an owner of his ditch who wants to get rid of his ditch. And we explained that the owner of the mount and the owner of the ditch are really connected. That the Gentile looks at the Jew as something that makes him feel empty, because he didn't get the Torah, the Jew got the Torah, and instead of trying to rise to the occasion and try to catch up somehow and to live a higher moral life, what often happens is, is that the Gentile feels like the owner of a ditch. He feels, sorry, he feels that now he has a mound on his field. Really now now he, he looks at the Jew like, what is this guy doing in my world? He is just, not only is not necessary, he makes me feel empty, and therefore he doesn't belong in my world. Okay, so, so th- those are the reasons for anti-Semitism, but where does that leave us? It's um, since Achashvesh and Haman are respectively like the owner of a mound and the owner of a ditch, what's the advice for this? Debbie remarked with a smile, he said, to uh, get the, the, the Gentile drunk, they'll find another Gentile. And it also, even when he's drunk, you could, you could also do something not, not, not good. As we find by, unfortunately, as it happened by many pogroms, not only the Gentiles who were, uh, were, who were sober were involved, the junk, the, also Gentiles who were drunk were involved. So getting them drunk is not, is not the answer. I guess it was a canoe. They said this for bringing on Purim. Like, okay, let's give them some Lachayim. Will that work? No, it won't work. If you want to go to Achashverosh and ask him to change things, we just explain that Achashverosh looks at the Jews like a mound. He also wants to get rid of the Jews. So what's the point of going to speak to Achashverosh? Therefore, the actual way that the decree was annulled was by Mordechai instituting a fast. And he gathered 22,000 children to study Torah. Until their cries reached the heavens and God heard their cries, a great sound like the sound of sheep and goats. I'm not sure what the purpose of that analogy is, but that's what the Medjur says. Hashem heard their voice like the sound of like uh, young goats and young sheep. At that moment, Hashem took those letters that the decree was written on and was sealed, and he r- ripped them. As medicine, so that's the, just to point out, make it more powerful, the voice of the kids. That there sounds... A little kid, little kid goat. Little, it's louder. It's also softer. It's guys that reaches the heart stronger. Uh-huh. So it just wants to prepare it. I'm, I'm guessing. Could be. Because it could be. That's the whole thing. Why didn't he get all the Jews? Why didn't he get all the Jews? Even though he asked the Jews to do the same thing, but... The children, I mean, the pure voices are children, where it says only because of their voices does the world exist. This is going on in Ukraine. The mothers and children fleeing the country is what's spreading the world. Right. Neisel says, "Kim shetzach upel b'terachatav v'kolachashatasim hutzuch esel lebo shmachus alech da'am chashvesh ba'atel lachnishtel atesa kinosi kinosamas melch kinosi besarim atzabotak zeir gam derachatav." In addition to gathering the children together to study Torah, since you also have to make a vessel in nature, as the Torah says, God will bless you in all that you do, so Esther also had to 
wear her royal clothing and to go and talk to Achashverosh and to make a feast for Achashverosh. And through this, she was able to cause the decree to be annulled in a natural way as well. The fact that this was a secondary thing, that working in nature was a secondary thing, and the main focus is on the source of everything, on Hashem, is all, you could also see that in the, what, in the way that Esther, in the way that Esther um, caused the, the, the decree to become annulled. If Esther needs to find favor in the eyes of Achashverosh, so despite the fact that Achashverosh hasn't called her in 30 days, nevertheless, he should extend to her his golden scepter. Beauty parlor. So the first place she should go is to a beauty parlor. And in the beauty parlor, she should wear the, uh, the clothing she needs to wear and look as beautiful as she can in order that she should find favor in the eyes of Achashverosh. Doesn't the Torah say, don't rely on a miracle? My Esther, what did Esther do? She called an old rabbi. She said to the, she said to the old rabbi. Instead of going to the beauty parlor, she went to the old rabbi. Since we have to do something now in the realm of nature, so therefore, what should we do? Gather all the Jews, and they should all fast for three days and nights for me. It's not enough that you, you old rabbi, that you fast. Rather, gather all the Jews, even children, everyone should fast. Gamani, and I too. I indeed need to find favor in Achashverosh, and I will do what I need to do right before I go visit him. But right, the very first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to, to fast as well with myself and all of my servants. And then I will go to the king against the rules, against the law. I'm going with my serious nefesh, Esther says. I'm going w- with sacrifice, knowing that I'm putting my life in the line, and therefore I know I'll be successful. And even if I'm not successful, it doesn't matter. A Jew has to do whatever he can according to Torah. Success depends upon the blessing of God. But a Jew has to do whatever he can according to Torah. Since according to Torah, I have to go visit the king. It doesn't matter whether I'm whether I die or not. That's not my my business. I have to do what I'm supposed to according to Torah. So Esther's it's an interesting line there. Esther said, "Since I'm going with sacrifice, I know I'll be successful." It sounds like we learned last week about about what the previous Rebbe said about Hasidim. The why is Hasidim successful because they are trying to carry the ark, trying to fulfill. They're, they're working for the sake of Hashem. As it says in the Pirkei Avos, that there's one condition to being successful when you're trying to do something on behalf of the community. And that has to do with Shem Shemayim. Do something with Shem Shemayim, so then the Abish assists you. So Esther is not just doing with Shem Shemayim, though, you know, she has another thought to do things for the sake of Hashem, but she's going with Sirius Nefesh. She's giving her life to, to, to make this happen. Therefore, she says, I know I'll be successful, and if not successful, I'll do this anyways. That's just a general important thing to stand like. Whenever you're doing something according to Torah, you have, to, you have to feel, like Yossi was saying before, to feel, I'm going with the Abishur that Hashem wants me to do, because you're acting according to what you know according to Torah. That's that, when you're doing that, you have to have that, that approach, that, 
If this is what the Torah wants, it doesn't matter if you're if you're in the same position as Esther or not. But you have to have the same same feeling of Mesiras Nefesh. I'm, I'm going to do this with a whole with a whole uh, farnam, with a whole heartily. Next page, Lamed Al. Is Esther going to Hashvedish because she's relying in the language of the Torah on my strength and the might and the work and the might of my hand? Or in the language of the Torah? Is she doing this because she wants to fill the words of Mordechai? What's what's a litmus test to tell why she's going to Hashvedish? How can you tell what's motivating her visit to Hashvedish? When her approach to the king is in a way that she also fasts. Since she is also involved in this tshuva, and that's her first thought, not the beauty parlor, but her first thought is that she needs to do tshuva as well. She also is fasting. Then you know the reason she's going to Hashverish is only to fulfill the words of Mordechai. And then she'll be successful also to make the vessel that in which God's blessing will rest. And concerning this, the Gemara says, Esther sent the message to the sages. She said, I want you to make a holiday for me, for generations. And the sages responded, hey, if we're going to make a holiday, you know what's going to happen? We're going to, we're going to make a celebrate that we defeated the Gentiles. Then I was going to say, oh, you think you defeated us? Let's show you. It's going to, make, it's going to arouse anti-Semitism. So she responded, the story of Esther is already written in the royal chronicles of Mother Imparas. And therefore she added, please, for all generations, you should make a, write down my story for generations, make the Megillah of Esther. Tainus Esther, what's Esther saying? It's not an event that happened one time. This is something which is pertinent in all generations. Because in every generation, there are those who stand upon us to destroy us. We have to know that God saves us from their hands. God blesses you. And yet, at the same time, we have to also make a vessel in nature. So therefore, because you have to do something in nature as well, so therefore you have to send, you have to send Esther to speak to Achashvedish, she has to make a royal feast, she has to invite Haman, etc., etc. Avol, so that's what Esther was saying. This is something which is pertinent in all generations. People have to know that God saves us, and we have to take a vessel of nature. This is, this is the story of the Jewish people. God will help us, and we have to take a vessel of nature. Isn't this an important story? Guys, put, put, put this out there. This should be celebrated. This should continue on. This is something the Jews in every generation need to know. But the sages of Israel were frightened. They said to her, but the sages were frightened. They said to her, you're, making, you're arousing jealousy among the nations. It may be true that the nations consider kindness to be a sin. And it may be true that, uh, that, that there is anti-Semitism. But if you meet a Gentile and you tell a Gentile, uh, and he may be a ditch owner or a mound owner, but nevertheless, why should you anger the Gentile and tell him, hey, you're an anti-Semite. Why should you do that? What do you want to say? Oh. 
so 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 the sages of Israel are saying you're arousing anti-Semitism by pointing in the Gentiles' face and saying that this is something eternal, that, 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 that there is always anti-Semitism. Why are you pointing out anti-Semitism and angering the Gentile? Don't think, this is, this is written in the Royal Chronicles, don't think that if you won't tell them these words, they will not hate Jews. This is not something new. They know this. This is written in the Royal Chronicles of all the countries. But the Gentiles, nothing will change. The only thing that will change is the only thing that's going to change is the Gentiles know this. The only thing that's going to change is there are Jews who want to fool themselves. Therefore, write me down. Write my story down. For all generations, so that at least the Jews should know that this is that this is the situation by the Gentiles that they view kindness as a sin. And, that's, and then they'll know how they need to act. Then they'll know that the first thing you have to make sure is that God should watch the city, and then after you ascertain that God is going to watch the city because you connect with Hashem and do tshuva, then you should hire the guardian, and then. The the guardian will be successful in guarding the city. And that's the meaning of Esther's request. Write me down for all generations. Esther says, don't just write the general point. Write all the details. As the Mishnah says, that in order to fill the Mitzvah, there was an argument in the Mishnah, how much of the Megillah has to be read. And the Mishnah concludes that the, the Halacha is, you have to read the entire Megillah. The fact that Esther asked Mordechai to gather the Jews and fast is not something novel. The Rambam says that when there's a time of trouble, as we find in the Chumash and Tanakh, you make a fast day. That's not what's novel with the story of Esther. What's unique over here is that Mordechai told Esther she should go to the king and she should beseech the king for her people. Esther could have responded to Mordechai. She could have said to Mordechai, hey, you know what? You're the head of the Sanhedrin. Gather the Jews. Cry to Hashem. Say it to Hillam. Fast for three days. The decree will be nullified. And have a nice day. Why do, she, why do you need to meet to do something in nature? But nevertheless, although Esther could have said that, and rightfully so, nevertheless, since Mordechai said we have to make a vessel in nature, although what he was asking her to do was definitely dangerous, Esther did not ask any questions. Since this is a psak, this is a ruling of the Sanhedrin, this is a ruling of Tera, even though that, even though this, this is a ruling of Torah, and it has to be understood also in our minds, but nevertheless, you don't ask questions. That's that, that, this is the halach. This is what Esther's request was: write this story down for all generations. First of all, she Esther. Told, she prefaces this by telling the sages 
Don't worry about what the Gentiles will say. Because they wrote the story down too. The only people you have to convince are the Jews. Every year read the Megillah. And learn the story every year that Achashvesh and Haman are compared to the owner of a ditch and the owner of a mountain respectively. Mashum Shavai, next page. Shavai is closing the Achashvesh Haman. This, this parable that the Medrash gives of the owner of the mountain and the owner of the ditch explains to us a whole different perspective of what, what was going on between Achashverosh and Haman. There wasn't anything, as we learned before, it wasn't anything that was a result of a mistake of Mordechai or, 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 or the, the, the uh, anger of Haman was excessive. Rather, this is something which is pertinent for all generations. It's not just a nice story. It's not just a story that after you read it, you, sing, you say the Shashan is Yaakov and you sing a song. Rather, this is a message for all generations. So, Techne, what's the message that the Megillah is telling Jews in all generations? Shimu Yehudim. Listen, Jews. In every generation, there are the owner of the mounds and the owner of the ditches. So, you cannot rely on the Gentiles. The only one we can rely on is our Father in Heaven. I was thinking about this passage of the Gemara yesterday. The Gemara says that one of the signs of the coming Mashiach is there's nobody to rely on. And Mamish, you see this, like, it's so obvious that there's no one to rely on. And, and, and that's a sign of B.S. Mashiach. The only one to rely on is our Father in Heaven. And our Father in Heaven says, After God's blessing is given, so listen Jews, the Middle is telling us. Every generation there is an owner of a mound, there's an owner of a ditch. You can't rely on the Gentiles. Only one we can rely on is our Father in Heaven. And our Father in Heaven says that after God has blessed you, you listened to the leader of the Sanhedrin, you listened to the Mordechai, and... You've also done what you can according to nature. The very first thing that you need to do is, you have to do both, right? But the very first thing you need to do is, as Esther said, I will fast too. Mordechai told Esther, in addition to fasting herself, she also has to go to Achashverosh. But the very first thing you have to do is, is to bring the bracha of Hashem. That's the first thing. You have to work in nature as well. And then you can be certain that v'napechu, as it was in Torah of Purim, that things were transformed from negative to the positive, and the Jewish people had light and joy, gladness, and honor. So that's what the Megillah is telling us, that yes, there's, don't rely on the Gentiles, and, there's, and the only one to rely on is Hashem, and you, you bring the brach of Hashem through uh, doing what Hashem is asking you to do, and, uh, and, and follow the instructions of what the, what the Torah says we need to do in nature as well. But the very first thing you have to focus on is is to bring down the brach of Hashem by doing tshuva. So uh, that's basically the point. Any questions or comments? That's All right. What does it mean? It means like, for example, we watch, we watch Living Torah on, on, on Matzah Shabbos, right? You watch Living Torah. It was speaking about sharing 
uh, with people to say to accept upon themselves the midst of loving your fellow like yourself. Other occasions, ever spoke about strengthening the film campaign. Doing what Mordechai says in, in, in this time is, is pertinent to bring the Hashem's salvation. They also spoke about it's studying Torah. It says Torah magina matzal Torah protects and saves. Doing those things that Mordechai says that works. How do we know which is the time to do at that time? You have to ask Mordechai. Where is he?